Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. ever run to daylight football funcast i'm your host todd burrows you can find me on twitter at todd from pa uh, due to my mother having a wicked sense of humor i guess my name is todd with one d so it's t-o-d from pa and i will be your host for this podcast i'm going to go through some of the key things that i want to accomplish with this podcast some of the influences that have influenced me and talk about some of current events as well. The inspiration for the Run to Daylight podcast is this. I was looking to do a podcast and I was looking for a name that kind of had a real good football analogy, but also I'm a born again Christian and something that I could do Christian shows with, yes, they'll be separate. So If you're dialing in for football, you won't get Christian propaganda or preaching or whatever. Um, And I wanted it to be something that people who love football could appreciate the name as well. It comes from an old Vince Lombardi book and an old Vince Lombardi saying, and that was Vince Lombardi giving me the intro. He'll be giving me the intro every week saying, and he runs to daylight. The genesis of that whole thing was Vince Lombardi would do these seminars to teach his, and my favorite story about that is John Madden said he signed up as a young coach to go see the great Vince Lombardi give a seminar. It was an all-day seminar, and he was shocked that the whole seminar was on one play, and that's how detailed the NFL can be. So Vince Lombardi explained his play, and it took a whole day. But that was his bread and butter play. And at the end of it, he says, and the running back runs to daylight. And that's a phrase that's still used to describe a running back running to freedom. And that's what we're going to try and do with this podcast. We're going to try and get to the bottom or to the truth, uh, run to good information, run to funny skits, just run to the light, which also, as mentioned, does have a very good Christian analogy as well. 
for those of you out there who might have a like mind to myself or be open to having a like mind to myself. So basically, I'd been putting this off and it was something I wanted to do. I've been doing a radio show on the all digital radio network every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. with my host, uh, Len Barnhart and sometime host Manny Souza. But lately, Len has been ill and Manny has been ill, so we haven't been doing it much. But long story short, I've wanted to do a podcast for a while, but I just found one reason or another to put it off. A lot of it was the technical aspect of some of the things I wanted to incorporate. I'm not very good at. I went to two weeks ago on the weekend, the DFS conference in New York City. And at that conference, by the way, what a great job everyone at Roto Grinders did with that conference, Dan Bach, all the presenters. It really was one of the most outstanding experiences that I've ever had. And I'm not the type of guy who does a lot of things for himself. And typically when you go and do something that you've been looking forward to, it rarely meets expectations and you tend to come home a bit that something you look forward to so much was disappointing and you just didn't feel maybe that you got your money's worth or it just didn't live up to the great hype that you might've placed in it in your own mind. Well, let me tell you that, was far from the case at the DFS Players Conference in New York. I think the, it's at DFS Players Conference on Twitter if you want to follow. And if you ever get a chance to go to one of these things, I highly recommend it. It was just a tremendous amount of fun. And so many of the people who are greats in this industry, people who've been very successful at DFS, did seminars. And more than that, they were just wonderful to everyone so friendly, no egos. It's, you know, I guess maybe because the DFS industry is so new, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys, at least ones that are willing to give back that have attitude, attitudes. And uh, really, there was very little attitude from everyone. And it was a tremendous time for all. <clears throat> so, uh, the keynote speaker at that was Matthew Berry from ESPN, and I heard a few people say that they didn't like it, but I think they're completely wrong. I thought he did an outstanding job, and it was highly motivating to me personally. He, he had two basic key messages that he gave to the to us. One was, be the best you can be be yourself, be your brand, and be true to yourself and be true to your band. And if you're good, someone will find out. No one's trying to keep good people who do different things from being successful. So I took that as motivation. I think that I have some unique opportunities to do some humor and some other things that I don't see with other shows. And so I decided to go and do this. So here I am. Thank you, Matthew Berry, for that. And the second part about your brand, and he kind of mocks some of these people with really, you know, that now they're stuck with these names that, you know, don't mean anything. So I'm glad I kind of started with Todd from PA. The reason I chose that name for my Twitter account and then my DFS account was when I started doing my radio show, 
I wanted to get more practice talking on the radio. So I would call into the NFL network almost every day for a while, uh, listening to Bob Papa and Ross Tucker. Those two are kind of my favorites. And I would call in and I was Todd from PA. And there's a little bit of a disconnect because I grew up in New Jersey and I you could throw a stone between where I live. But I wanted to, even without knowing it, be true to my brand. And if someone heard me on the radio calling in, I wanted them to be able to connect the dots. So I thought that was excellent advice also that Matthew Berry gave. I want to also do a couple things. One thing I want to do is take a sip of water. I think, especially when you're doing your own podcast, I hear a lot of people make a lot of sucking noises, and I know it kind of drives me away from wanting to listen to their show. So if you hear me, take a second and take a sip of water. It's, I think, better than me making sucking sounds. So my influences. I'm 53 years old, so I've had time for a lot of influences. And I was lucky enough to remember a time where there was no such thing as sports talk radio, no such thing really as talk radio as we know it in the modern era. And back in the 70s, there was one guy in New York, Art Russ Jr. He was phenomenal, uh, Arthur George Russ Jr. And he would do a show in New York. And I guess it opened up the market and not too far after that WFAN was formed. And I got to catch WFAN in its infancy. So if you're from the area, you'll know if you're a fan of Sirius XM, you'll know the Mad Dog. Um, and he did a show with Mike Francesa for many years. And I always felt like the way that Mike Francesa delivered information was optimal and kind of the key to his success. So he's a big influence on me in that regard. There's some other things perhaps that I will try not to follow in his footsteps. But in that regard, I really appreciate the job that he done. And I find myself sometimes when I'm just talking about football, explaining to people, I lay out things in a way that is very reminiscent to me, at least of Mike Francesa. So thank you, Mike. The other person who had a huge influence on my life was Howard Stern. I think anyone who's done anything in the radio business has to have been influenced by him, whether you love him or hate him. And for a very long time, I loved him. He, he did things that no one else has done. There's other people who've done humor, but not like Howard. And there's other aspects that I'll talk about in a minute that, that he does that meant a lot to me and influenced what I want to do with this show. So what do I want to accomplish with this podcast? Well, I want to give great football insights. I want to inter you know, I want to I want to give great football information. It's a football podcast. I also want to make you laugh. And I think that as good as some of the other podcasts that are out there that have grown up out of the daily fantasy world. And there's some outstanding ones. They typically are shows that go, I like this guy. Here's the reason why here's the numbers. Why? And then the other guy says the same thing. And maybe there's an insider joke or two, and there's nothing wrong with that format. It's, it's very successful and there's some very smart people doing it. 
but I wanted to kind of strike out in a different path and really incorporate skits and humor and stuff that you go, oh, man, I can't believe he did that. Not to insult someone per se, but to make caricatures of events and things of that nature and make you laugh and entertain you. One of the things I like when I my wife couldn't care less about football, but she likes the radio show I do because it's a very light radio show and we make her laugh. So one of the things I'm going to try and do, and I might fail miserably, but I'm going to try and make you laugh. And I've got two skits that I did for the show, and I hope they make you laugh. The third thing that I really want to do is I want to interview people and do it in a way that's very in-depth to where it's not just about getting their information, but it's also about getting who they are, who their influences are. Um, what turns them on as it relates to their process. You know, I want, and I think I have the ability to do that, to ask questions that make you think. And let's face it, if you're going to give up your time to listen to a podcast, you you want it to be interesting and you want to learn something. And a lot of the podcasts, again, that are out there, I mean, how many times do you need someone to tell you that, you know, so-and-so is the best play of the week? Well, after I listen to one podcast, all right, I'll, I'll listen to it again. And certainly we'll cover that as well. But I want to get a little bit deeper. So that's the third thing. And the fourth thing I want to do is I want to develop characters similar to what Howard Stern has been able to do. I love how he was able to make anyone famous, whether it was the janitor, whether it was the guys in his crew. I mean, no one had done that. And I know a lot of people like Howard for the sex, and you're not going to get much of that with me. I mean, I, I set the show up to be R-rated, but it's it's going to be PG-13 most of the time with some R um, things. But what I want to do is I think I've had a career in sales, and I find people that are interesting. And so I want to create characters. I'm going to be looking for people to be on the show. And if they're going to be on the show regular, I'm going to make them into a character if I can. And, you know, make a little bit of fun, but also in a good way, promote who they are and try and create some people who can be successful in this industry as well. I find as someone who joined recently, one of the things that I won't say is off-putting, but there's a lot of people already doing this and they've been doing it for a couple of years and they seem to go on each other's shows and there's nothing wrong with that again. But a guy like me who thinks he has something to offer, it makes it more difficult to get a shot to get on those shows. You know, I have to go out and win a tournament or something for someone to consider me most likely. So I want to give other people a chance, people who are being successful in daily fantasy that people might not know about and bring them to you as well so that you get a different flavor and a different sense of people and things that are going on in this hobby in football and if i'm ever blessed enough to get those big guys i'd love to have them on too and if i ever get a chance to interview people with teams i'll bring the same process to it that i'm bringing to uh what i've just described to you so thank you very much to, for listening to what I hope to accomplish. And now I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and accomplish it. So 
as I mentioned, I had wanted to do this podcast for about a, you know, I would say maybe not a year, but there's been some really cool things that happened in the last year that I wanted to kind of poke a little bit of fun at and kind of take you from the end of last football season to the beginning of this season. And so without further ado, I'm going to start my first skit. It is a tape skit. I'm still learning how to do it. So bear with me if it's not perfect, but hopefully it will entertain you a little bit. Cast later in the year, I thought we would kind of go back and review some of the things that I missed. Um, starting after the AFC championship game, of course, there was a tremendous amount of scandal between Tom Brady and the league and the Patriots and the league as it related to deflating of footballs. And basically it sounded something a little bit like, wait for it, this. I may be down, I'm not out, Tom Brady's never out. You broke the rules. You broke the rules. You breaking the rules. Yeah, you broke the rules. You broke the rules. How you found out I broke the rules? Yeah, you broke the rules. I can break the rules because you guys broke the rules before. I didn't bust you enough. Just because you didn't bust us enough for breaking the rules, that doesn't mean you can break the rules busting us now. Yeah. Well, you guys, I can do whatever I want. I'm breaking the rules. You, I'm Tom Brady. You, I'm the commissioner. I'll make up new rules. And that's pretty much almost all we heard as we headed into the Super Bowl for those two weeks. Um, it was one of the more anticipated Super Bowls that I can remember. Typically, in the modern era, you don't get two really great teams facing each other. And this game lived up to the hype. I was lucky enough to watch the game with Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. He actually is a big Seahawk fan. And he sat around smoking tobacco in his pipe uh, pretty much up until the end. And then I turned to him on that last play, and I go, they, they, they can't be thinking of passing the ball right now, are they? Are you going to do something? And he said this. You cannot pass! Gandalf, I don't think they're listening to you. They look like they're going to run a pass formation. Do you have anything else that you can do? Anything better that might stop this from happening? Well, I guess it turns out that Gandalf was a one-trick pony, and in this case, it didn't work. But it certainly sounded good. But the Patriots won another freaking Super Bowl, which led us to this. Break the rules, because you guys broke the rules before. I didn't bust you enough. Just because you didn't bust us enough for breaking the rules, that doesn't mean you can break the rules busting us now. Well, you guys, I can do whatever I want. I'm breaking the rules. You, I'm Tom Brady. You, I'm the commissioner. I'll make up new rules. You guys, And that went on for a while until we got ready for the draft. And then we basically had about two months of this. Marcus Mariota. Talking about Jameis Winston, Mariota. Listen about Jameis Winston. Even I go Mariota. Or Jameis was in the show. Oh. Under my head, I'm taking Jameis Winston right now. And I think after about two months of that, we were all ready to put guns to our heads. I came down on the side of Marcus Mariota on my other radio show. I feel that he's going to be the better long-term quarterback. But both of the guys have looked pretty good out of the gate for rookie quarterbacks and still have questions to be answered, which led us back to this. 
And I think we were all ready to say F you to both of them by the time it finally went to court. And the judge said, yes, Tom, you can play. And the NFL said, we will continue to fight. We will not take this standing down or sitting down as that. Either way, the NFL is going to take it up at the end. In the meantime, that gives you an idea of some of the skits that I'm going to try and do on this show and incorporate into the show. And that is one of the skits that I'm going to do. And we got to also find out if Angry Tom Brady was a thing. Turns out Angry Tom Brady, it's a thing. And they've played lights out. It's been a really interesting year in the way that we've had so many undefeated teams for so long, and there's still two of them left. I I do think that the Patriots lose this week in Denver. I don't think that Brock Osweiler is going to have a big game, but Brady just, I mean, who's he going to throw it to at this point? And what they really need is a slot guy. And I don't know. It doesn't look like Amendola is going to play. Gronk just doesn't seem to be full Gronk. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can do much. I think the one guy, if I was going to own someone from the Patriots this week, I might consider James White in the GPP as kind of a flyer. I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball with Blunt very well. And I think whether we think much of White, I mean, he's no Deion Lewis, I think you're going to end up in a situation where they're going to be throwing uh, dump-offs to him. So um, that's one guy I'm going to probably at least roll out in a GPP or two. Now, I did that skit right before last week's game. So, of course, Jameis Winston goes out and throws, you know, like 600 touchdowns. But I I still do, you know, gun to my head. I still would have Mariota. I I think, you know, I hate to use the he's a smarter player, but I think he's less likely to make the big mistake that can kill you in a game. You know, and I I just think with his running and passing ability that I think he's going to have the better career. But we'll find out. Jameis has played very well. He surprised me. He he just, you know, I I said at the time on my radio show, he seemed like one of those guys who was always laughing at a joke that only he could hear. And my experience with guys like that has not been great. So. That was part of my decision-making process as far as who I would have taken. But I certainly respect that Tampa fell in love with the big arm, and he's more about quarterback. That fits Lovey Smith. And, you know, one thing that I really believe very strongly is that in these guys, these coaches and general managers right to pick who they think. Now, I might disagree with that decision, I might think, wow, that was a dumb pick or this and that. But these guys live and die by these decisions. I mean, no better case than Chip Kelly. And, you know, I keep tweeting on Twitter that Chip the coach is going to, I mean, Chip the GM is going to get Chip the coach fired. And I think that he is. And I like that first trade. I love getting rid of McCoy and that salary but almost everything he did after that really made me shake my head. Uh, 
I understand he didn't want to trade up for Mariota, that the price would have been too onerous. But to trade for Sam Bradford, who is not going to put fear into anyone running the football, when your offense so desperately seems to need that, you know, that running game needs that little bit of uncertainty of who's going to carry the ball. It just didn't make a ton of sense to me. But then again, you look at it and it seems like that trade's kind of been a lose-lose. Neither team has gotten much out of the players that they got in that trade. So the other skit that I, I put together was I had the good fortune of interviewing Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was really very, very glad to get this you know big interview. I mean, he's a famous movie star. Uh, I heard he was going to be doing his first ever fantasy football league, and I thought that would make a really interesting topic for a conversation. And I don't think he was too happy with me with where the interview went in the second part, but I told you guys, I'm going to try and interview people, and I'm going to try and get to the bottom of things in a not terribly, hopefully, invasive way. That's not what my goal is, but I do think the tough questions need to be asked and I do think that in modern reporting, that's that, that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, no matter what kind of reporting it is. So we're going to run that in about a second. I want to apologize a little bit up front. It was my first time cutting and doing this whole thing. So I kind of gave the same answer like 15 times, and I was just not going to do it again. So uh, we'll do better in the future. But Without uh, any more talking from your host, here's my interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger getting ready to do his first ever fantasy football draft. So I'm real excited to get Arnold in here, ask him a few questions. Arnold, are you there? Who are you? Um, Todd, you were going to do the show with me? What do you want? Remember you said you'd do the show? Yes. How are you? I'm good. You? I'm very happy to be here. What do we got to do? Well, we're going to talk about fantasy football, right? Yes, no problem. Oh, okay, good. So when people would ask you to play fantasy football in the past, what is it that you would tell them? I don't play that game. Hmm. I'm not interested in that. Ah, do you think fantasy is important? It doesn't matter. Really? A lot of people think it's important. You sure? I don't play that game. Well, I play fantasy football a lot, and I've always been pretty good at it. I think it's important. Well, you must be very proud of yourself. I am, I guess. Um, What's the matter? Well, you weren't very nice to me. Uh, I was hoping... Hi, are you? Yeah, I guess. So, um, now you're getting ready to play in your first fantasy league, I guess for charity. And have you come around? Are you a little bit excited about playing? Yes, well, that's good. I was a little nervous to... Go on. Well, you're ready to do your first draft, am I correct? Yes. And do you think anyone has a chance of beating you in this? No. There's a lot of trading in fantasy. What are you going to say if someone offers you a bad deal? Don't be ridiculous. Are you out of your mind? That's pretty funny. I guess that would scare them. What are you afraid of? <laughs> and what if they offer you a good deal? I like that deal. You told me that you have uh, been studying. Do you have a favorite analyst? 2029, Romford Rhodes. Excuse me? Romford. Oh, you mean Romford Johnny? Yes. 
Oh, he's uh, he's really good at this uh, fantasy. I agree with you. After studying with him, are you ready? Yes. A big part of fantasy football is trash talking. Have you practiced your trash talking? Well, I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. <laughs> wow, it sounds like you've been practicing, huh? Yes. And when you win, what are you going to say to your opponent? I can't wait to hear that. Game over. And what happens if they get sad that, that you do that? Why do you cry? That's pretty phony. And if someone beats you, what are you going to say? But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Stop it! Oh, I guess that would get him to stop it. So have you decided on anyone for the first round? I don't know. Wow. So when is your first draft? Tonight. Where is this draft taking place? Miami. Ah, what time? Seven. And how much is it to play? 200. So, do you like my show so far? Good. Now we're having fun. Ah, good. Do you like me? I like that. Oh, good. Do you find me funny and humorous? <laughs> and my delivery so far? Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. I'm so glad that you like it, Arnold. Well, I'm not sure you're going to like the next part as much. I, I wouldn't be doing my job as a reporter justice if I didn't mention the issue you had with the maid and the scandal. I mean, Arnold, a lot of people thought you were a pervert. I'm not a pervert. Ah, well, what happened when Maria found out? What did you say to her? One of us is in deep trouble. Wow, that's pretty bold. What did she say when you tried that? You're really inconsiderate. I bet she didn't like that. You're right. Wow. And what else did she say to you? You are damaged goods. Wow. Do you, what did you say to her? I have the utmost respect for women. Did she say anything else to you after that? I mean, come on. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, I know. So at that point, did you fall on your sword? What did you say to her to try and make her feel better? I didn't mean to hurt you. And what did she say to that? Goodbye. Wow, that's pretty sad. What's your take on the thing? Oh, this is embarrassing. Ah, and what else? I think it was the stupidest thing I've done. Yeah, it, it was pretty stupid. You're right. So what was the worst punishment and backlash that you got from the whole incident? My father, you know, uh, ran after me with the, with the uh, belt and uh, beat me with the belt. Wow, that's pretty old school Austrian, huh? Wouldn't you say? Yes. I always wondered, how, how does something like that come about? How does it happen? It could happen to anyone. I don't know about that, Arnold. That's pretty weak. What? Nothing. Nothing at all. So what are you going to do after this interview? It's been pretty hard. I need a vacation. Ah, well, I guess you do. So it was nice seeing you. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really just amazing having you on. That's amazing. I know. So will you come back and do the show again? Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. That's Arnold. And I really appreciate him coming on the show for my first show. It was pretty special. And I think that uh, I'm going to take about a 10-second break here. Uh, be right back with the Run to Daylight Football Funcast.
Okay, I lied. It was less than 10 seconds. The good news is I didn't uh, leave the mute button on when I came out of either of the skits. I was going to do the first show last night and uh, kind of embarrassing. Not that I think anyone was necessarily listening live, but if they were, they would have been treated to about 10 minutes of dead air before I realized that I had left the mute button on coming out of break. I am such an amateur. Well, I hope you enjoyed the skits, and I'm going to try and incorporate some of that as I go. I don't know that I'll have two every week or even one. And, you know, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. I don't have tremendous expectations. We're just going to see where it goes. But I'm going to stay true to myself, and I'm going to try and um, make people laugh and be humorous. And we'll try and get some guests on as we move forward as well. I, um, you know, as I said, I wanted to do this skit earlier. And basically what ended up happening, how I kind of got here also was I was invited to be a writer. Now, why someone would invite me? Well, that's a very good question. I'm glad I asked it. Todio is a good interviewer. Well, I asked it because I guess someone followed me on Twitter. And when I started with fantasy about June doing MFL tens, and that's a story for another day, I had 37 listeners that I had cultivated over about two years. And it seemed like just like my podcast, I was talking into the air and no one was listening. And when I started up with fantasy and inviting fantasy people on my other radio show, I've slowly built up my, my, the followers. And one of them asked me to write for his website, ffcouchcoach.com, Justin Barlow. And I've written about five or six articles. I try and do either a value or a contrarian article every week. Basically, the value article was based off of what I learned at the JM to Win from Roto Grinders seminar at the DFS Players Conference. And, you know, contrarian is something I did as much for myself as anything else. And I would, I'll share the results most weeks in an article. And so I wanted to thank Justin Barlow, and I'd like you to all follow him on Twitter and FF Couch Coach and follow them on Twitter. You'll be able to see my articles. Follow me on Twitter at Todd from PA. I hate this part of the show when people do it, but I am going to be posting this on iTunes. If you would be kind enough to subscribe and leave a rating so that other people are encouraged to listen Basically, the way it works is that if you subscribe and you give it a good review, it's more likely that the podcast will come up and other people will get turned on to it. And as much as I like hearing myself talk, and that's a big reason why I like to do these things, it would be nice if at least a few other people listened as well. So we're starting with humble beginnings, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about current events. That's going to be a common theme in what I'm doing on these podcasts. And one of my favorite characters in the NFL right now is Johnny Manziel. And you put a guy like that in the most dysfunctional 
organization in football, and there was a bound to be just three stooges, you know, poke in the eye type of situations. The latest of which is, the latest of which is that Johnny decided to go and party again, and Mike Pettin had a hissy fit and benched him. And I think that's a little overboard personally, and Josh McCown is going to be coming back in. I think he is a good value this week in DFS. I definitely will have at least one Josh McCown Barnage and one Josh McCown Benjamin um, stack this week. And the reason I'll be doing that basically is because from my early research, I think Barnage is the obvious play and that makes Benjamin with McCown a pretty nice value contrarian stack. And that's one of the things that, you know, I mentioned in talking before we get back to Johnny football is the whole concept of being contrarian. Now, many people will tell you, well, it's just not picking players who are bad. Yeah, that that's true. It's that's not being contrarian. Being contrarian though is also it's an art form. It's something that I take a lot of pride in in my life, kind of finding angles and ways to get things done. I think if you're good at sales, that's something that you do naturally. Because when you try and sell something, if someone says no, it, if you come back with the same pitch in the same way, you're just not going to get a sale. I mean, very rarely. But sometimes you can repackage it or come up with another angle. And sales, in a lot of ways, is about helping people find the need. Well, being contrarian in DFS is similar in theory, but different in application. And what I mean by that is it's similar in theory in that you're looking for a different way to get to the same result, but it's different in application because you're trying, instead of finding what people like, you're trying to find what people don't like and what people are less likely to be on. Uh, last week, I came in 15th place in the at Adam Levitan and the D, I always get this wrong. It's the DraftKings, uh, the Edge Playbook Listener League. And I came in 15th place. And one of the main reasons was I got Hopkins at 1%. Well, 1% ownership on Hopkins is pretty good. So that's one way you can be contrarian. Get a guy who's super talented in a tougher matchup. A guy who's super talented could win a matchup against another super talented guy. It's almost like a 50-50 chance if you really think about it. You know, you put Hopkins against Revis 10 times, and my guess is three times Hopkins, four times Hopkins will win, three times Revis will win, and three times they'll kind of be somewhere in the middle. And I was lucky enough that this was a Hopkins week. But that's one way of being contrarian, and we'll talk a lot more about being contrarian and ways of building GPP lineups. I'm learning myself, and it's part of my journey to share with you guys. So back to Johnny Football, who I like to call Johnny Rehab, because when you got a name like Johnny Football and you end up in rehab, I'm going to call you Johnny Rehab. And I do feel a little bad for the kid. You know, he went to rehab willingly. It wasn't like mandated by the NFL. As far as I know, he's not even in the program. And 
you know, Mike Patton is just as pretty obvious as never liked him and is always looking for an excuse not to play him. I think, you know, he'll talk about how this is in the best interest of the guy. This is for Johnny. But really, he just wants to win a few football games and save his job. And he feels in his heart that McCown gives him a chance to do that. Now, personally, I think they're going to wipe the slate clean again at the end of the year, no matter what happens. Uh, Ray Farmer, his sins were well documented, both in his player choices and in some of his other activities. And we don't have time to go into that. I've got about four minutes left. So I'm going to be doing a Johnny Manziel skit. I don't know when, but we'll get one together for you. And I've got an idea for it. I think it'll be pretty funny. So that's uh, that's Johnny Manziel. And uh, McCown is a good opportunity this week. I looked at some of my other uh, kind of options at quarterback this week. And McCown at 5000 on DraftKings is great value. Um, Cousins at 5400 Hoyer at 5000 Bortles at 5900 I think they all have to be in the mix and, and guys that you consider for both cash and GPP. I can't go too much into JM to win's theory here, but to uh, give you the short version of his excellent seminar, he talked about building a team from the bottom up and building from value, something that I really liked. At running back, there's a lot of very interesting options. I think Adrian Peterson's going to be heavily owned. You got four or five really good value guys. You got Buck Allen at 4,600. He's going to get a lot of usage. You've got uh, Tevin Coleman at 4,300 if, if Freeman is still out. Rawls at 4,800 is going to be heavily owned. Uh, TJ Yeldon at 4,800. And even CJ2K at 4,600. Uh, you know, the other part of JM's thing I'll go into next time, but I, I won't go into wide receivers or tight ends either because of the time thing. But those are guys that you could actually consider as kind of the bottom of your tier. And then you can see where you want to build up. I actually do have enough time to go into it a little bit, so I will. So JM to win's theory was, that he is a one lineup guy. And that's kind of his, for lack of a better term, shtick. And he looks for two things, safety and upside. And that's what makes a great value. So he builds his lineups around safety, but not just safety, but guys who can also go off for 100 yards and two touchdowns. And I just love that theory. It made total sense to me. And then you look at ways of, you know, what's the best way to spend the rest of your salary once you've built your value. At, at wide receiver this week, I don't love a lot of guys. And I, I won't go into the ones that I do. You can do your research and come with your own value. Hopkins will be heavily, heavily owned. I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the mid 40s. Um, and at tight end, I think Barnage is going to have some nice ownership. I think Gilmore, I'm not a Matt Schaub, a Matt Schaub person, but he's a guy who could definitely do something this week. And then Jordan Reed and Delaney Walker are both obvious choices to consider. 
So that's the first ever Run to Daylight football funcast. I hope you had as much fun listening to it as I have done making it for you. And hopefully I will be able to go the distance.